episode five of the dugout, and we are excited to have Bunger back. He's been gone. He was gone uh, two weeks ago, and we had a special guest, Tyler Ford. And then the following week, we were both unable to record. So happy to have you back, man. Yeah, it's, I'm. It's I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, I had the itch. Uh, it was nice to be on spring break and home with family, but. I definitely miss being in the studio on Tuesday, and I was looking forward to it. And then, you know, you had your obligation uh, with the wheelchair basketball team and everything last uh, last week. You know, I heard they did pretty well in the tournament, so. Well, you heard incorrectly. They went 0-3. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess they played well but just lost then. Yeah, yeah. That. Well, anyways, so we have a lot of, little bit of catching up to do here uh, since we haven't been together in the same room in two weeks. So when, before we ended... Uh, episode three, I think it was. We were planning on doing the NL Central, so that's where we're gonna pick up today. So Bunger's back, NL Central. Mike Trout signed a monster deal today. Uh, March Madness. We're gonna talk a little bit about the brackets, and then I want to definitely talk about ex Steelers Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. That sounds good to me. Honestly, the thing that gets me the most excited to talk about today, even though it'll be something we'll cover quick, is the Mike Trout signing. Definitely, because this is the second time where. Uh, Record-breaking contract has happened as we record. Yeah, we've been pretty, we've been getting kind of lucky with that type of stuff. So, you just want to go ahead and you want to talk Mike Trout, or you want to just go into the NL Central? Uh, let's go with Trout. Trout. It, it happened today, so. Yeah, I was walking home from class and I got the uh, MLB app notification or whatever that he signed a 12-year worth more than 430 million, and I don't think there's an opt-out. I, I'm not sure about the opt-out. But yeah, it's an extension, so it's he gets paid. It's his original contract that he signed six year, uh, four years ago. But his original six year deal, um, he follows those figures from that original deal for the next two, and then after that, ten years and over four hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, not too bad. Not not bad at all to stay in California, and I know I always I'm a big propri- proprietor of the guys staying in California or going out that way, but. He's got it made, man, and that's going to make future free agents want to go to the Angels, in my mind. He's 26 years old. The guy has been in the top five for the MVP race every year of his career. Yeah, He, what, he, he is the one guy that I think deserves a contract like this in baseball. Absolutely, and it kind of it's funny because Bryce Harper was searching so hard for that highest-paid player thing, and it's not him anymore. Well, I mean, what's funny is, I don't even think Trout was really searching for this deal yet. They kind of just gifted it to him. Well, yeah, but they definitely want him to stay. They don't want a guy like that to leave. Oh, of course not. And it's actually the largest sports contract ever. Yeah, it's the in, largest in all professional sports. sports history, right? He's the highest paid athlete. I think I think Canelo Alvarez is second. Like the boxer? Yeah, the boxer. Okay. So I, in all this, I saw an Instagram thing today. ESPN posted it. I'll pull it up now. But I'm pretty sure Mike Trout is now the most paid athlete. Wow. Like, obviously, he doesn't have the 400 or whatever million in his pocket right now. No, but by the end of the contract. Yeah. What so, about Floyd Mayweather? He's got to be up there, too. Or, I'm probably. sorry, Canelo Alvarez is actually first um, with 360. What is this? few other outrageous contracts. So, no, Trout is first. Okay. Canelo Alvarez, $365 million, Harper, the $330, A-Rod was $275, and Harden is $228, James Harden of the Houston Rockets. So he's number one That's in, all, in all of sports history. I mean, if it's going to go to a guy, you like it to see 
like you like to see it go to a guy that's the face of the sport. Right. He is really the ambassador of baseball. He's young, has stayed with that team, has never done anything to cause bad publicity, and a lot of people forget just how good he is. Right, and that's because th- he's on that team. That's the thing. He's kind of like the same type of guy in the MLB as far as it goes skill wise, you know, hitting and fielding as Harper. But he could even be better in my mind. I think he's better. I think he's better just because of average. Right, and he's just a guy that you want in your uh, locker room. With Bryce Harper, he's kind of a prima donna. And well, remember when he got in that fight with Jonathan Papelbon? No. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Oh, did he throw his helmet or something? No, that was actually on the mat. He charged him out at Hunter Strickland. But when uh, Jonathan Papelbon, the guy who used to be on the Red Sox, was... He cracked the, him, didn't he? He did crack Papelbon him, Papelbon yeah. cracked him. Um, Papelbon, in the dugout, um, put his, you know, choked him out, basically put his arms around Harper's neck, and then shoved him into a Gatorade cooler. Really? Yeah. Yeah, see, Trout gets hit with a pitch. I don't see him charging the mound, and that's why he's going to be paid that huge amount of money. And he's probably going to end his career in, are they still in Anaheim? Or is it uh, Los Angeles? I think they're Anaheim. Hold on, let me check. Just so. I think it's, I think Just might because, be you know, to L.A. I think they're the L.A. Angels because I would see it in, like, the score thing on the bottom of the ESP, on the bottom of the ESPN while watching ESPN, it would say L.A.A. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right, too. I think it's L.A. Angels. While he's looking that up, um, really excited today to talk about March Madness. The, the brackets are released. People are spending their money left and right to get a bracket. Yes, it's the Los Angeles Angels, okay. not Anaheim. Well, regardless, it's out that way. Yep. So now let's dive into the NL Central. We haven't talked really divisional baseball in a few weeks now. Um, I think that they're an overall, like, the sleeper best division in baseball. Yeah, I was just about to say that, too. Uh, you beat me to it. I think the best division in baseball is either the AL East, and I know we've said that before when yeah. we covered them, or the NL Central. When you look at just the teams in this division, there are realistically three teams that I think if they won the division, no one would be surprised. Yeah, and I mean, it, the Brewers were definitely a surprise team last year. Well, surprise to come in first place. Yeah. But I don't think a surprise to compete. No. But, I mean, the the division was only decided by one game, two games. Brewers had 96 wins and Cubs had 95. Yeah, 95. So it came right down to the, the wire at the end of the season last year. All right, um, so before we get into this, do you just want want to do what we always do, talk about the standings last year, the projected standings? Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Give me the projected standings. So let's run through the standings from last year. Obviously, we said Brewers, then Cubs, Cardinals with 88 wins, Pirates with 82, and then the Reds with a huge fall-off, but made some off-season acquisitions that will help them get past 67 wins in 2019. Yeah, so that just something to think about right there with the way it went last year. Um, Obviously... Between the first place team and the fourth place team, there's only a 14 game difference. Yeah. I think you play each team in your division. I think it breaks down to 11 times. Okay. So, this division can very easily be decided by very important division games next year, and I, I think it will be. And like you said, even though the Reds had a, a good fall off um, from fourth to fifth, they inquire. You know, they acquired a lot of potential talent. Yeah, they have a really good roster. Looking at it right now, I mean not. Not outstanding, but... But certainly improvement. Right. All right, so before we go into uh, the acquisitions, you know, the key losses and everything, we'll go into the projected standings. So this year, uh, Bleacher Report report has the Chicago Cubs coming in first with a record of 90-72, and so they actually lose five more games. Uh, Cardinals coming in second, 88-74. and They have the same exact record as last year. The Brewers falling from first to third, 
going 83-79, and 79, so just over 500. They lose 13 more games. And then the Reds going perfectly 500, 81-81, split right down the middle, and then winning 14 more games. You know, that's actually, uh, even though they haven't projected finishing pretty low in a 500 average, that's a pretty big step up from 67 wins in one season. Yeah, I mean, to get 14 more wins in a very tough division, right. that's an accomplishment in itself. Right, and because it's it's because they have a guy like Yasiel Puig and Joey Votto. Even, I think they have Matt Kemp, too, in the outfield. I mean, Joey Votto's getting old, so he, but he's still you know performing pretty well. I saw a video of Joey Votto the other day in spring training. He hit like a blooper to the outfield, and right when, right when the ball cracked the bat, he like took off to first base, <laughs> and that I just think if if like a guy like Machado hit that, he's he'd be crawling the first. He's lolly, yeah, exactly. So even though he might be getting up there in age, and he's not like a premier name, he still plays with heart and hustle. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a great baseball player, but he's just one of those guys that isn't really talked about a lot because they don't have that flash, and they're on a team like Cincinnati. Well, yeah, they don't have that big market either. Right. I think it's gonna be a big culture shock for Puy going from L.A. to Cincinnati. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Yeah. Definitely, you're going to go from beautiful West Coast to the Midwest of America and play for a team that's named after a color. So, <laughs> All right, so what team do you want to start with here first? Uh, may as well just go in order from standings from last year. Want to go Brewers real fast? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, all right, you start. What do we got here? Well, first of all, the Brewers have one of my favorite players in all of baseball in, in Christian Yellick, um, and, and they have a good pitching staff that was obvious last year. And I'm pretty sure they have a good catcher in Yasmandy Grandal. Yeah, he was a good he was a good signing. They picked him up. And Mike Mustakas is a solid infielder. I mean, he deserves to get paid more. He just has taken some gambles on himself and hasn't really gotten paid like other uh, key free agents over the past two years. Ever since he left the Royals, everyone thought he was going to get paid. Right. Like not like Machado, but maybe more or less, you know. Yeah, and they have a great guy like Ryan Braun who's just. Been with the Brewers organization for a few years now. And Lorenzo Cain in the outfield, too. So guys like Braun, Lorenzo Cain, and Christian Yellick in the outfield, that's a solid lineup for the Brewers. And then the infield, Corey Spangenberg, uh, like I said, Mike Moustakas, Jose Aguilar. And they have a good pitching staff, too. Um, what do you got? We got well, uh, I mean, their their pitching staff was certainly the point last year that I think Josh why Hader. they rose to the like first yeah. you know first place in the division. I think they surprised a lot of people because there's no big name guy there. Hader came out of nowhere. It isn't yeah. a starter, and I think that's a key reason too. Because when you're a starter, you're only starting one out of every five games. If you're a reliever, you're being used in probably three out of every five. So you have that time to make an impact. Yeah. And Hader having that excellent and extraordinary season. Certainly had the biggest impact. Right, and I'm looking through their roster right now, and a lot of their pitchers are born in the 90s, so they have a relatively young core group of guys. And Yellick is born in 91, so he's only like what, 26, 27. Not very good at math. This isn't a math podcast. <laughs> but they have they have some veterans, and they have some younger guys, a good mix. I think you mentioned that the Cubs are projected to finish first. Yeah, Cubs are projected. I'm, I'm thinking that it's Brewers again. I don't see any really huge changes, and uh, we can talk about the Cubs next if you'd like. Yeah, let me just highlight one thing on uh, Milwaukee that I think a lot of people are going to forget about, Um, but this is probably a name you won't know unless you're like a hardcore baseball fan. Zach Davies was projected to be Milwaukee's ace last year. Okay. Uh, Got hurt, didn't pitch 
much at all, maybe only half the season. And now, assuming he comes back healthy and somewhat of his former self, I think he's going to be a potential comeback player of the year candidate and really just be like the rock in that staff. Because everyone else here, yes, they're capable, but like uh, Julius Chachin and you got guys like Julius Chachin and Brent Suter, they're good. You know, obviously in the MLB, they're good. Right. But they, they're probably like four or five stars in the other team. You you won't even guess Zach Davies' weight. Zach Davies, I mean, the guy's probably a stick looking at this picture. Yeah. Guess uh, his weight. Grown man, six foot in the MLB. 175. 155. Oh, my God. He's listed at 155 on the Brewers' MLB roster. 155 pounds. Six feet, yeah. I mean, that can certainly... Sling a ball around. Jeez. He must be like a uh, piece of, like, elastic or something. Yeah. Probably has huge or, or long elastic arms. So that's that's what I got for the Brewers. You have anything else? Um, I mean, the biggest... Ac- oh, go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. Biggest acquisition, I think, is Grandel. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, I don't see them falling off too much, uh, you know, at all. I I think the Cubs won the division. I know we're going to go into them soon. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be, like, a landslide or anything. I think these two teams are going to be... It's going to be kind of neck and neck again. Yeah, it's going to be like how we project, uh, projected Yankees Red Sox. Right. And what I was going to say is, have you ever been to the Brewers Stadium? I have not, no. Okay, so they have a, like, I don't know if they still have it, but when I was a kid I went... And they have like a yellow slide. Yeah, and, yeah, and like out in the outfield. And every like, time they hit a home run, the mascot goes down the slide. That was when I was a kid, and I went to the different ballparks. That really stuck out to me, obviously, because as a child, you want to, you know, baseball games. You want them to be fun. Yeah, yeah. So when you see a guy, a guy dressed in a mascot suit, going down a big yellow slide in the outfield, it certainly catches your attention. It makes it fun. Yeah, I'll never forget that. So let's let's move on to the Chicago Cubs. All right, so going to the Cubs, like we said, Bleacher Report has them projected actually winning the division this year. Um, I feel like the Cubs are one of those teams that kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers of uh, football now. They're kind of like that dynasty that they have a lot of key pieces, but they may be past their prime right now. But yeah, they're don't, still... don't get ahead of yourself with that, man. Pittsburgh's well, well not now, now, but I meant before, you know, before A.B. Yeah. and Le'Veon, which we'll get into later. Right. But, um... Just Chicago as a whole, they have a lot of key guys that ever since they won the World Series now, they just kind of seem kind of like the Dodgers more or less. Like they're always in like the division series or the championship series or even the Orioles, but they can't win. They can't finish. Right. But looking at their roster and especially their pitching staff, man, their pitching is pretty nasty. It looks looks great. You Darvish, um, Cole Hamels, who's old but can still produce. Kyle Hendricks, excuse me, John Lester, uh, Mike Montgomery, and my, one of my favorite pitchers, Pedro Strope. He wears the his hat to the side. Like Fernando Rodney, like yeah, that kind of, yeah. wears the hat to the side. Uh, kind of like Dontrell Willis back in the day, remember him? I do, I do, he wore, yeah. He wore the hat a little bit, a little bit cockeyed. Uh, definitely wouldn't be able to play for the Yankees because they wouldn't appreciate it. No, the, they, they would I don't even, they have the uniform policy. I don't think they right. let him wear the hat like no that. No facial hair, no long hair. and Well, here, I'm just going to go into a fun fact real quick. Uh, I know we've talked about it. I'm from Long Island on the show before. Dontrell Willis, for all you guys that know who he is, when he was attempting to make his MLB comeback, I think like five, six years ago now, yeah. he actually signed with the Long Island Ducks. I remember that. Who is an Atlantic League, uh, a member of the Atlantic League baseball. Um, 
They're a semi-professional league. They have, I think at the time they had eight teams. Now I think they're up to ten. But during that time, when he was making his comeback, he actually pitched and played for the Long Island Ducks, and he was their opening day starter. And myself and my best friend, Steve, we went to go see him to see if he still had it. Did he? And that place was electric. I mean, I don't think he was MLB ready at that time, but he was striking guys out. So See, that's an underrated thing to me is when you go to like a local minor league game and there's a it's the best when the big name guys get sent down or someone's trying to make a comeback because those places, as you said, get absolutely electric. Like whenever uh, well, Vlad Jr. was playing with the Buffalo Bisons, I saw pictures of the stadium. They, it was packed. But otherwise, if they if they have just a minor league roster, you know, it's... it's and, and you feel bad for the guys that yeah. put their heart and hustle into every game. And know? they're not getting standing ovations and getting people to come out to, you know, a mid-afternoon game on a weekday. But it, it would be... It probably was sweet to see Dontrell Willis. Yeah, it was really cool. I loved his pitching windup with the big leg kick and the sideways hat and everything like that. He just had the steez. He was dominant for... Oh, the Cubs also have uh, Jose Quintana, too. Yeah. We've, yeah, so... Um, Brandon Morrow's a good pitcher. It's just, there's so many guys on this roster that and so much depth that even if one injury, two injuries happen, I can still see them being a very dominant team. Right, because they got Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Ben Zobris, who you can put Ben Zobris at any infield position and he'll produce for you. Yeah, and they have uh, Kyle Schwarber, too. Right. Ian Happ, it's just, Wilson hey, Contreras, Hayward. one of the... Contreras is one of the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. Right. Like, this team is crazy talented. They're crazy talented, but for some reason I just feel like, you know, even though they might have a couple extra super talented guys in comparison to the Brewers, I don't know. I just feel like based off what you saw with the Brewers last year. You like that grit they had last year. They just did it. Like, they just played baseball. All they did was win. They just, they won. And, I mean, they got a couple, they got a couple big name guys in the Brewers, as we mentioned, but compared to this Cubs roster, man. There's no reason why the Cubs shouldn't win this division after almost winning last year but coming up a game short. Yeah. This so is... they're projected to come in first, you said, with 90 wins? Yep, 90 and 72. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, but I'd like to move on. Do you have anything else with the Cubs? No, with the exception of uh, I think Joe Madden is actually causing, who's their manager, is causing some controversy. What's up? And actually calling out uh, – some of the rule changes in baseball. What's he saying? He um well they're you know they're trying to bring the DH uh, into the National League. Right. So he cha- he says that changes the whole strategy, which it does. It because, absolutely does. Yeah. Because then you don't have to worry about pitchers hitting or when to take a guy out and you know matchups and all that stuff, and things like the double switch, uh, defensive shifts and alignments and stuff like that. And then the biggest thing that I saw with him is he's one of the only managers that likes to have his pitcher hit eighth. Okay. Um, so he has him hit eighth, and then maybe someone like Ian Happ or like a utility guy, kind of a guy that can play anywhere, hit ninth, so that when you get to the bottom of the lineup, um, a lot of teams will forget that the pitcher's coming up. Right. And then like. And then if that guy in, in the ninth spot gets on base, you got the top of your lineup. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's a good strategy. I've always liked Joe Madden a lot. He was he started with the Rays, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he started with the well, Rays, yeah, but well, yeah, he was the when face prom, of the Rays. Yeah. yeah when, back when they were pretty decent. So, um, have you ever been to Wrigley? I have not. That's one. Of, that's the top ballpark I actually want to go to besides Fenway, even I've, though I'm a Yankees I, fan. I've been there. Fenway or Wrigley? Uh, well, I've been to Fenway and Wrigley. I've been o- over half, I'd say, 20 of the MLB stadiums. I think I've been to 
six or seven. Six or seven. Well, especially in this division, I've been to Milwaukee, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. I haven't gotten to uh, St. Louis or Cincinnati. Okay. I don't want to go to Cincinnati, though. I mean, it would be cool to say that, like, it wouldn't be, like, one of the ones I'd want to go to. Yeah. But just say you've been to all of them, like, you have to check it off the list. Right. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing about Wrigley, though. Chicago is freezing. Midwest is flat. There's no any sort of landscape to block anything. I was at a I was at a freaking baseball game drinking hot chocolate, man. <laughs> it was freezing cold. Yeah. And uh I don't even they, they sucked back then, so just cool to see the ballpark, I guess. But let's move on to something close to home, literally. Uh as we say we are in Pennsylvania. You drive about two hours south and you're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So let's move on to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Alright, so like I uh, mentioned before, Pirates actually came in. What we got here? They came in fourth place. Fourth place last year went eighty-two and seventy-nine. They're actually projected to come in dead last this year, seventy-five and eighty-seven. So they have the Reds finishing ahead of them. Yeah, they have the Reds actually winning six more games than the Pirates. Okay. And Which, looking at this roster, I don't see that. You don't see that? Why? Uh, Pirates have better pitching than the Reds. And I think that pitching wins championships. Yeah, at the end of the day. I mean, they have Chris Archer. They picked him up. Yeah, Chris Archer. Here, you talk about some guys. I'll, I'll pick up guys that you don't mention here. Well, Chris Archer, I mean, he's just – he's cr- he's a crazy person, first of all. He's, he scares me a little bit. I wouldn't want to be in the box when Chris Archer is pitching because I feel like he's going to try to hit you every time. <laughs> I like this guy's name, Dovidas Nevaraskas. Sounds like he's from, like, uh, Czechoslovakia or something. Sounds like he should be playing, playing basketball. Oh, uh, I see him now. Yeah. yeah. Edgar Santana, Felipe Vazquez. I got some Trevor Williams. I don't know. They're not, they're not like, household names. No, but, I mean, here's the thing. With their pitchers, they have Chad Cool, Nick Kingman. Those are two guys who were, like, up-and-coming prospects, like, two years ago when we first started here. Then they have, like, proven veteran pitchers like Joe Musgrove. Um, and then, obviously, their three-headed monster, at least I think these guys have the potential to be a very underrated one-two-three punch. Chris Archer, who we talked about. Jamison Talion, who I'm sure a lot of people know him because he overcame cancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, so, for everyone that just knows the name, yes, that's that, that same guy. And then Trevor Williams. I mean, Archer's the only one of these guys that really gets number one attention, like household name, and that's because he was, you know, pretty dominant and a pretty big name and he was on the race. I feel like he gets forgotten about now. But, like, between those three and then you throw in some, you know, very capable players and pitchers in the four and five spot, yeah, they can certainly compete day in and day out. Yeah, they have, they have a, young, a young pitching staff as well. Archer's the oldest guy, and he's born in 19, 1988, sorry. So they have a young core group of pitchers that they can throw out there. And like you said, they need to look for that fourth or fifth guy to, to you know, fill the pitching staff. They just be consistent. Just Yeah. They don't even need to be, like, outstanding. They just need to be consistent, you know. Right, and they have a Pittsburgh favorite in Francisco Cervelli catching for them. So he, he'll, he'll make it as, as easy as he can. I miss Cervelli. He was one of my favorite players on the Yankees right. way he's a, back. He's a good guy to have. And the Pittsburgh fans absolutely love him. Let's move on to their infield. Um so Not, Josh Bell at first. Yeah, that's probably their biggest name guy uh, in the infield. Well, yeah, you got Josh Bell. I think he's, I think he's gonna be a guy that's slept on a lot. I think he has a lot more power than people know yeah, about. He can hit the ball. 
Yeah, he, he might not have the, the greatest average, but he can absolutely hit moon shots. Right. Uh, you have Jung Ho Kong coming back. Okay. Uh, he was, you know, kind of just burst on the scene, I believe, from Korea. Let's see here. We click on this right here. I don't want to get him wrong here. Well, their outfield is definitely more impressive than their infield. While you're looking that up, they have Lonnie Chisenhall, Starling Marte, Gregor Polanco. Yeah, it was Korea. He played Korea. in the KBO League, Korean okay. baseball. So they don't have a bad like they don't have a bad starting infield or outfield. Well, I think their outfield is pretty good too because if you want to talk about Marte, uh, Polanco, and then Corey Dickerson, Corey Dickerson was a stud before he came over, and a lot of people were talking about him being like kind of the first half of last season being an MVP candidate, and then he just kind of was average after that. But he put up good numbers. It's all about just staying healthy and consistent. Yeah. That's Which, that's the thing. I don't think they stay too consistent with hitting. No, and that's that's why I think in a tough division like this, I think that's the difference between scoring runs. That that's the difference between second place and fourth place. Let's let's be real here. I mean, if you're in the MLB in a skilled player position, you're gonna be able to field, and, and you're not gonna make if you make an error. Okay, but the the thing is that makes teams fall apart and fall down in the standings is just not being able to hit the ball. And if one guy's in a slump, okay. But if you got, you know, three, four batters coming up that are batting below 200 early on in the season, well, that's not going to be good. No, it's infectious, forward. too. It really right. just weighs down the guy. Right. And and that's why it always comes down to, you said pitching and definitely hitting. Uh, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see. And I'm actually moving to Pittsburgh after graduation. So they're going to be my new team. You're going to go to a couple games definitely summer? Go, definitely, definitely. And they're going to be my new team, and I do not want to root for you know, a team to, that's going to finish fifth in the division. I mean, it's kind of cool, though, too, because the Pirates are one of those teams that are, like, semi-competing right now. Right. And I feel like they're rebuilding without rebuilding. They're, like, kind of in the middle of the pack right now. Doing a low-key. And, like, a couple key pieces, people can be like, whoa, where did this team come from? Right. And then you'll be a fan just at the right time, like, fully convert. Well, I'll always be a Yankees fan at heart, man. Yeah, and, I, I know. And everyone dad, knows that. Family. Right, but, like... Living in the city of Pittsburgh or on, even on the outskirts, I feel like I'll sooner or later become a huge fan of the Pirates. And I've always liked the Pirates. It's just, I don't know. That's a that's a beautiful ballpark, too. Oh, absolutely. See all the bridges in the city and there's water around it. And then, like, that little, like, kind of, like, grass sculpture they have in the, out in center field that sell, like uh, spells PNC. Yeah. It's just kind of cool to see them put that much uh, detail into their stadium. You know what? The Pittsburgh, not even just the Pirates, Pittsburgh sports fans are, like, diehard, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone gives the uh, Buffalo Bills fan base, like, a lot of credit for being diehard, but Pittsburgh fans love the Steelers. They love the Pirates, and they get after it, dude. Like, uh, you're talking, what is it, like, drinking before the game and all that and getting ready for the game. It, it goes down in Pittsburgh. Let's say if you have a game at 4 o'clock, I bet you they're out there at 10.30. Yeah, man. Just like getting already. Yeah, pe- the Pittsburgh fan base does not get nearly enough credit for how loyal of a fan base they are. And granted, yes, the Steelers are always in playoff contention, so it makes it a little bit easier to and root for. And the Penguins for. are always solid. But like, yeah, but... They're loyal to all three. Yeah. Like, when you're... I don't know. I feel like a lot of other cities, you know, New York, uh, you know, and... Like, these places like New York and Boston or anything, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I like the Celtics, I like the Bruins, but then they'll have some, like, wonky thing and be like, oh, I don't like the Red Sox, I like the Dodgers. And it's yeah. like, okay, the Red Sox are good, but why don't you like them? Yep. When you when you are a Pittsburgh fan, you you bleed Pittsburgh through and through. 
Right, and I just that I think it speaks on like the history of Pittsburgh, just like you know, blue collar people. Yeah, the grit and toughness. Right. Yeah, this guy from Pittsburgh came into my work the other day and bought like five packs of cigs, but it doesn't matter. We talked about Antonio Brown for about five minutes, and he was decked out in Steelers hat, Steelers jacket, and it's just that's the type of guy I picture going out, like you said, early in the morning before a Steelers game, uh, or attending as many Pirates games as he can, and. It'll definitely be cool to to see a couple games out there. But before we continue on to our last two teams in in the division, just going to do a quick ad read here, and it is for Quickville. That is my uh, home. Supporters of WFSE include Quickville, a chain of 300 convenience stores and gas stations in the Tri-State area, offering American-made fuels from Parent United Refining Company in Warren, Pennsylvania. Information is at quickfill.com. All right, guys, so if you need any gas, you know where to go. Go to Quickville, get your car uh, filled up by Matt over here. Yeah, depending if I'm working that day, I'll definitely pump your gas. But, you know, we did our ad read, and then we'll jump right back into it, and then that way we can go to even more topics. Uh, Where do you want to go? You want to go to the Cardinals and then finish with the Reds? Yeah, Cardinals and Reds, and we'll talk a little NCAA basketball. All right, so Cardinals, last year they finished 88-74, and good for third place in the division. This year they have been finishing with the exact same record. And then actually taking over second. And I can see why. This roster, honestly, has a lot of guys that even the average baseball fan's going to know of. Not a lot of up-and-coming guys. You have all you have all stars and guys like Paul Goldschmidt and yeah. Yadier Molina. Did Goldschmidt join the roster this offseason? Yeah, Goldschmidt, yes, okay. he did. He got, he's, uh, a, he's a big bat. Yeah, you got Goldschmidt and Yadier Molina. And then you even have veteran pieces and guys that are kind of underappreciated like Matt Carpenter, Adam Wainwright. Uh, remember they got Ozuna last year. Yep. And then Dexter Fowler. Yeah, Dexter Fowler. And then a key acquisition I want to highlight, and being a little biased here uh, because of how great his run was when he was a Yankee, Andrew Miller yeah. signed a three-year, I think it was thirty-six million dollar deal. Okay. Uh, with the Cardinals this offseason. And he was previously with the Indians, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he went from the I think the Orioles, and then he got traded to the Red Sox out of half the season, then or the other way around, then went to the Yankees, then went to the Indians, then went to the Cardinals. Every team this guy has been on, he's been a difference maker. He's been a key piece, a key acquisition, and I think it's going to continue right with the Cardinals. He's yeah. just he, You can pitch him anywhere. He can be your closer. He can come in in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that's going to give uh, hitters a tough time, make tough at-bats, and get a heck of a ton of strikeouts. Yeah, their pitching staff looks outstanding just from looking at the roster, but obviously we won't know until the season begins. Uh, but as you said, Andrew Miller, they have a guy like Brett Cecil, who's also a nutcase. Um, Another key bullpen piece, yeah. Right, right. Uh, they got Luke Gregerson. Uh, he pitched for uh, Team USA in the World Baseball oh, Classic. Really? Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Chase um, and Shreve, ex-Yankee Chase and Shreve. Yep, he'll be in the bullpen too. The, the thing with them is, they have all these bullpen pieces. They need, like, that one or two more starters. They got Michael Walker. That guy was projected to be one of, like, the best players in baseball a couple years ago. I mean, he's been good, but, like, hasn't lived up to the expectations, I don't think, at all. They have Jack Flaherty. Adam Wainwright used to be big, kind of falling off. They have this guy, Miles uh, Michael Loss. He signed a big extension over the, uh, you know, the offseason. I think he's the new guy there. But, and then the biggest thing, 
Carlos Martinez. He's the ace there. Everyone knows what you're getting with him, but he can't stay healthy. No. And before we continue about the pitchers, I just got to say, I think the Cardinals uniform is my favorite in the MLB. It's just it's classic. Yeah, I mean, mine's the Yankees. Um, obviously, well, a little biased there, but the Cardinals is certainly very nice. It's just like as you say, it's like l- retro looking, and birds are birds are dope, man. <laughs> like mean, any sort of remember, like, I wanted to talk to an eagle yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, any sort any sort of bird team, I respect except the Ravens. Uh, but yeah, like the Eagles, just it's just the idea. They, of like they a, usually have cool logos and right. like you know very cool jerseys. Yeah, I mean it's it's not practical. Birds have nothing to do with baseball, but I guess not a lot of team, <clears throat> team names do. So moving on, you said they have Yadier Molina, who's uh, you know been a stud for them for years. Dude, he's been like the best defensive catcher in baseball over the past like decade. Who was his brother? Didn't he have a brother? Uh, he has two brothers. He Who's has it? Jose Molina, who is like he's like the really big one. Um, and then hold isn't on. there another one? Is like a big Benji dude. Molina. Benji Molina. That's Benji, right. I think he was the one that was on the uh, the Giants. He was the backup for Posey yep. like during that whole run. Yeah, I'd have to check on that. But yeah, he had Jose and Benji, and they both really just bounced around and were like veteran backup catchers. Yeah, ne- but- neither of them were uh, as talented as Yadi at all. But at points in their career, they were kind of both better hitters than Yadi. Um. But Yadier Molina is the best overall catcher out of the three because just his defense is miles ahead of everybody else. Who was their old manager? I see it says Mike Schilt is now. Wasn't it like a a younger ex Mike Mahini? Hold on. Mike St. Louis Cardinal. Let's see here. Old, old. We'll do some research here that way we can get you the most up-to-date well, and accurate information. I think it was what was Mike something, but I, it isn't anymore. So I don't know. What yeah, I'm, I'm looking them up, all of them. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny. Yeah, that was it. That's right. You were just forgetting the T. Yeah, Mike Matheny. I wonder what happened to him. So they're they're projected to finish second, you said. Yeah. and I, I don't know. And like, the Brewers are third? Brewers are third. And uh, all, see, that, I don't. See, the thing with the Brewers is it comes down to those important, like, division games. Right. Because first place to fourth place in this division, how they have it projected, is separated by nine games. Right. and So every, I mean, obviously every game's important anywhere, but especially in this division, I think it's crazy. Definitely. Definitely. You got anything else to say about the Cardinals? Uh, I don't know. I just think, I think if they're healthy, I think they're going to be a wild card team. Yeah. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I like the Cardinals too, I forgot to mention, because there's always, or there's not always, but there's a few teams in different sports, different Pro sports with the same names, and I always thought that to be interesting. Like, you know, you got the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals, and yep. the New York Jets and the Winnipeg Jets. I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but there's got there's definitely a few more. I'm sure if we thought about it for a minute, yeah, maybe there's not. Anyways, we'll see. I'll think about it as we as you as you talk about the Reds here. Yeah, so let's move on to the Reds. A very boring. Dude, I, I feel like this is the first division. That we that especially you haven't called the last place team a dumpster fire. No, because this <laughs> like yeah, you're right, because most last place teams are dumpster fires. But no, I mean looking at the Reds roster and they were the la- they were the worst team last year in the division. Yep. They they made they made some good acquisitions and they have a a decent pitching staff. Um and they apparently are projected to win more games than the Pirates, right? Yep. The Reds so, are going from sixty seven to ninety five. 
to 81 80, and 81. Yeah, this is another really, really good division in baseball, and it's going to be a fun division to watch and see what happens at the end because it's it's not it's gonna it's definitely gonna come down to the wire which team will win the division, whether there'll be a wild card team coming out of the, out of the division or not. So with pitching, I see here that they picked up Sonny Gray. Yep. Who he was he started with the Athletics, right? That's when he was prominent. Well, yeah, he was very prominent in the Athletics. And then he went know, to the Yankees. Got traded for the big trade deadline deal. And was he that great with the Yankees? Uh, he was okay for like that half a season, and then in his one full year at the Yankees. He was absolutely awful. Yes. But he blamed it. Like, when you look him up now, he says that the Yankees were insistent on him throwing, um, I think it's a change-up. I'd have to look. But Come on, man. You're getting getting paid millions of dollars. Just throwing a pitch, and he says it ruined him because they wanted him to use it all the time for deception purposes. I mean, if, if you're getting paid millions of dollars as a pitcher or any position for that matter in any sport ever, Make the change, and then don't don't go back on it. And I get it; it might have changed his mechanics a little bit in, in a negative manner. But to to make a comment like that, that just sounds a little stupid to me. You should be able to throw a, ch- a change up, I think. But yeah, so they got him, uh, Jared Hughes. I think he was an ex-Yankee too. Jared Hughes. Jared Hughes. Name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Uh, Wandy Peralta. And Alex Wood's a great pitcher too. So, this pitching staff doesn't str- doesn't strike me as uh, you know the other teams as as we mentioned before, like the Cubs, and even the Brewers had a good staff, but they they picked up uh, Yasiel Puig as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and they do have Joey Votto still, and they have Scooter Gannett, Scooter Gannett, yeah, Jeanette Gannett, close Gannett enough, tomato, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I mean. Their team doesn't look too terrible, and people believe that they are going to move up in, in the rankings. All right, so I, just just looking this up here, just to actually correct myself, supposedly the Yankees were insistent on Sony Gray throwing a high percentage of sliders, and so this tough. caused him to struggle because he was using a pitch that he wasn't confident in too often. He said sliders are a great pitch. The, number, the numbers say that sliders are a good pitch, but you might not realize how many crappy sliders you're getting in while throwing all these pitches. They wanted me to be Tanaka, but they wanted me different in a, uh, in a way from him. They wanted me to use deception, and I'm just not good at that pitch. Okay. Well, then he can throw whatever pitch he wants to pitch with the Reds and probably finish his career not being that well-known. Go ahead. The thing is, even if he's on the Yankees, then throw it in situations when, when you're out there, it's a pitcher and a catcher. Right. As long as you guys are on the same page, yeah. that's all that matters. The Yankees aren't going to care if he throws six sliders or 64. Right, if his pitches are working, they're working. If Throw other stuff yeah. then. If you're getting guys to ground out, if you're striking guys out or getting them to pop up, I don't think the Yankees organization will be like, oh, you didn't throw a slider. Yep. So that's just, that's a stupid comment, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, me too. I but, love how we usually save like the, you know, the team that I don't really care about in this division is the Reds. It seems like we always save them for last, and I have nothing to say. I mean... And my, I, me- my mechanic is calling me right now. You want Okay, all right, here. No, nah, no, nah, it's all right. You want to take nah, it real he, quick? He, no, nah, he, can, he can leave a voicemail. All right, so the biggest thing with the Reds... <laughs> the biggest thing with the Reds here, I don't know if you said this because I was trying to look up the thing with Sony Gray, the biggest acquisition for them outside of the blockbuster trade where they acquired Puig, Kemp, and Alex Wood... Right. I think was them getting Tanner Roark 
from the Washington Nationals. Okay. The guy was the three or four pitcher there. Uh, he's a veteran leader, and he really just gives them. They're really only one or second consistent pitcher, because Gray, even though he has all this talent, sucked last year. Yeah, and he's, he's so he's have a big question mark there. Yeah, but he's gonna have something to prove, so. He might have a little fire in his belly and wake up a little oh, bit. Oh, I, I think so, too. I definitely think so. Yeah. But between him, Alex Wood, and then Michael Lorenzen, who did good last year, it's all question marks. It is. So It'll be cool to see. So that's all I got for NL Central. You? Yeah, me too. Um, you want to talk A.B. and Le'Veon, or do you want to just get them out of the way and finish with March Madness? Or? Yeah, let, let's talk about A.B. and Le'Veon. Uh, we'll jet to football, and then we'll finish with March Madness because the tournament starts two days from now. It starts on right, Thursday, right? Right. And there's going to be games going on nonstop. So this is funny. You're a Jets fan, right? Big Jets fan. Big Jets fan. I'm a Steelers fan. So it kind of works out for both of us in a way, I feel, because I don't care about Le'Veon Bell. I think we have the next best, the next best thing, if not better, and, uh, uh, you know, a more – we have longer years now with James Conner. Yeah. Because Bell's getting old. So he signs with the Jets. What do you think about that as a Jets fan? All right. As a fan – I love the signing because Steelers offered him four years and $70 million right. two years ago. Yep. He turned it down, said no, sat out a year, and now the Jets signed him for four years and I think $52 million, but it can go up to like almost 60 with incentives and everything. So we got him cheaper than what you guys offered him, which is salt in the wound to some Steelers fans. Others, like you were like, good riddance, you know what? Right. Our O-line kind of made you. You're old. You have miles on you. We have James Conner. Yeah. Good luck, exa- good riddance. Exactly. The thing is, no one can discredit that when Le'Veon was on the field, he was either the best complete running back in football, and if not first, I would say second. Well, that's the thing. Like, It doesn't really matter where anybody ranks him. He was just a big difference maker on the field, and it was evident. I mean, even watching last season without you know, having the threat of Le'Veon, mind you, James Conner's an outstanding running back, defenses aren't thinking, well, there's Antonio Brown to the left, and there's you know Le'Veon Bell standing straight ahead of me, so what are they going to do here? So... Even though they still had a great running back in James Conner, you know, not having Le'Veon in the backfield makes defenses not worry so much, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then they did have to worry about because the emergence of Juju and all that stuff, too. Right, and that's when we talk about Brown. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just save well, yeah. that there. So, so, Bell, I mean, it's funny because he wanted his money and he ended up making less money. Yeah, but I don't know. I, like I said, as a fan, um, I'm not a big fan of Bell for personal reasons with the yeah. whole sitting out a year and calling out the Steelers organization, and I think that was very unprofessional. Absolutely. But as a fan of the Jets, to go out and get a player like him and actually be willing to spend money for once, right. I am ecstatic. Well, that, I think it's going to yeah. be great for the growth of Darnold. Him and Darnold, it's just going to... It's another... Because Bell's a running back, but he'll also cut, catch 70 passes. Well, yeah, he's, he's one of the best catching running backs in the league, and like you said, it's good they spent the money. This reminds me of a time when... I mean, he's the biggest name running back since LT, right? I would say. Yeah. Think about it. When you when you think of running backs, after LT, I think the the biggest one that was actually like consistent for a while was Adrian Peterson. Reggie Bush was all talked about, but he couldn't stay healthy. He had right. so many injuries throughout his career, and it's unfortunate. Bell's just, he's the guy. And yeah. even with so many miles, it's a four-year contract on a rebuilding Jets team that I think can easily go now and come in second place in the division. Yeah, I hope they come in first, I mean, honestly, well, but I, you never want to bet against Belichick and Brady because they can turn a Walmart 
stock boy into an all-pro receiver. Probably could, actually. But it's, you know, it's... I think it's going to be a huge wake-up call for Bell going from a franchise. And I'm not to knock the Jets. No, I, I know you're going to go with this. I've heard like, it before. To go I, from a franchise like the Steelers that has proven, you know, it's well-run. The history. Great coaching. The history's there. You know, to a, a Jets team where it seems like they're switching coaches all the time. They're switching quarterbacks. And there's nothing consistent there. So, he might go and it could be... There's nothing could, consistent except the crazy fans. Right. That's literally it. Yeah. And their terrible color scheme. So, want to talk about Antonio Brown now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no rebuttal there from you? About the <sighs> no, scheme? there was one thing I was going to say and I forget. About the color scheme? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> All right, so the color scheme, green and white, <laughs> yeah, on. it's not exciting and everything. But the Jets are getting new uniforms and a complete oh. redesign this year. And I think it's actually the most talked about, like, team concept change since the Seahawks. And this is why I'm very excited and ecstatic about it. The Jets are actually uh, rumored to have an alternate like not even like a color rush jersey but like a complete alternate kind of like how the giants used to wear the new york giants used to wear those red ones yeah it's gonna be black and green like jet black, See, black and green is cool with but green letters i just feel like if you if you start if you got green you can't go white i don't know i mean look at the celtics though the celtics i mean the celtics their jerseys look nice it's the same colors but they yeah, also but they, the, they also the logo own, like, an irish heritage and like right everything. but the logo like the jets logo sucks too so on top of the green and white that's a great point for you to come back with that i guess but like i don't know just the just the pure you know their home jerseys white it seems with like the they green. can do more i get what yeah, you're saying just, so got levy on bell i don't care that he's gone he can go right away in new uh, jersey listen i'm excited to have him i yeah. think he's gonna be a big difference maker and you heard it here first. I'm projected at least second place for the Jets. Okay, well, for all I think... The, for all those that you listen to this, uh, if the Jets don't come in second, I don't know. Give me some text messages. You can harass me and call me out with whatever. I think they finish in third. And, and we and we can even make some bets. I'm not going to make any bold statement uh, I'll bet you about here. money so, on here. So for those who aren't here, we're shaking hands now. Five bucks. Five, at the, at Matt, has, Matt and I both have Venmo, so you know what? Yeah. Even though we won't be together after uh, yeah, Jets, by the end of the season, Jets are gonna finish in third. I think the Bills look actually pretty good. We'll, we'll, we just we'll, shook hands. It's official. It's official. All right, Antonio <laughs> Brown. I don't want to spend too much time on him because we're running out of time with the show, and I want to talk about March Madness for a good minute. Sounds good to me. So Antonio Brown, I think he kind of scummed the Steelers even more than Le'Veon Bell in the sense that he demanded a trade and kind of gave up on his teammates in the locker room uh, after being there all season. Another good riddance. Don't care. Well, I mean, I don't care about the Steelers. Um, yeah, they're well. a great team and everything. But as a fan, absolutely. Great player. You hate to lose them. But good riddance. You give yeah. up on your team. You don't play in the last game of the season. Biggest game because you need it to make the playoffs. You don't play. And then you demand a trade, completely yeah. shaking up the entire, like, Rhythm right. of the organization. Right. And like I Get said, about, exactly. And like I said about Bellman, it's going to be a huge shock for him to go out to the Oakland Raiders. And he's been complaining about Ben and like. Oh, wait, you know, you're talking about Brown. Okay, you just said Bell, so I was like. You're talking, talking, well, yeah, Brown. 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 Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So Brown's going to go out there and be, you know, he's he was he was complaining about Ben Roethlisberger and the way he was playing. But you're going to go to Derek Carr. You're going to get Derek Carr. And Who, like the teams he was rumored to go to. All their quarterbacks are awful. Yeah. He was talking about going to Oakland. Yeah. Derek Carr. He was talking about Who had going one good season and yeah. got He his was money. talking about going to San Fran. You're coming back from a torn MCL and ACL in Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows how he's coming back? You you almost got traded to Buffalo. You shut that down. 
Yeah. Josh Allen, out of those three, honestly, right. I think is the most talented quarterback. Yeah, and I think the Bills, actually, of those three teams, have the most promising future. Yeah. They made some good offseason signings. Like, and it's but, just... It, listen, the thing is, he was complaining that he wasn't getting enough targets, enough catches. Well, come on. like I think he had 105 targets last year, and I think he had like 80-something catches. It's just, and you it's, had an upcoming uh, receiver in Juju. Right. And then you want to talk about the history of an organization. Steelers have... Well, now they're tied for first. But when he was complaining, they had the most Super Bowls of any organization with six since the Patriots have tied. So here's my thing why I'm not worried. And you mentioned Juju was like up and coming. Now Juju is the guy. But think about the past, man. I I tell everybody that has this argument with me that, oh, you lost Antonio Brown, boo-hoo. No, I don't care. Because the Steelers are going to go draft a guy like they drafted Antonio Brown (laughs) in, what, the sixth round? And he turned out to be the fifth round. Who turned out to be the best receiver in football. Well, guess what? We also had Antonio Holmes, and we had Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders, and they all left because their own reasons, which is fine. But the Steelers' wide receiver core never changed. Well, I mean, I'm going to be bold and call it here. I think he was the fourth receiver played in the slot sometimes last year. The Washington guy that you guys have. Oh, James Washington. Yeah, yeah. James Washington. That guy is a stud. That's what I'm saying. The Steelers know they draft draft. offensive players so well. Defensive, not so much. Well. But you can go out and sign those guys because when you build a winner, people are going to want to come to exactly. you. Exactly. So people who – Steelers fans, listen to, listen to me, man. If you're worried about not having a good receiving core, Don't just, hit the panic just think about the past and how we go out and draft a guy just like we drafted Brown. Right? And, and yes, Emmanuel Sanders has had a pretty good career, but what happened to San Antonio Holmes after he left? What happened to Mike Wallace? Well, Holmes was good on the Jets for two years. Wallace just kind of fell, fell off, though. Felt like yeah. they, they weren't as good as they were on the Steelers because you don't have Ben Roethlisberger throwing you the ball anymore. You don't have that offensive line. You don't have a reliable running back. Things like that, they're going to take that third or fifth-round pick that they traded the, the Raiders for, and they might take a wide receiver who might turn out to be the next Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown's in Oakland and, you know, becoming the guy that no one talks about. Yep. So... That's what we got for the football boys and our local Pittsburgh Steelers team. Now let's finish off the show and talk NCAA bracket. I can't wait. Oh, dude, this is my favorite time of year. Um, I, I don't have cable, though. I mean, between this, between March Madness starting, I mean, really tonight because they have the playing games. No, that's tomorrow, the playing games. Right. I think Wednesday, and then the tourney actually starts officially on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then you have opening day like nine or ten days away from right now. It's like the best time of year for me as a sports fan because yeah, this, there's this, always something going on. But before wait, this... Wait, before we go into this, do you want to do the other ad read real yeah, quick? Yeah, do it real fast. All right, all right. So, support for WFSE is provided in part by John's Wildwood Pizza. Pizzeria, open every day at 105 Erie Street in downtown Edinburgh for eating, delivery, or takeout. John's menu includes pizza, hoagies, calzones, wings, salads, and more. Information is at 814-734-7355 or on the web at johnswildwoodpizza.com. Good job. Thank so you. as you were saying about the, it's a good time of year. It wasn't a good time of year like a month ago when it was just uh, when football or no, not a month ago. I'm sorry, but like that time when there's no football and basketball hasn't started yet, and it's just baseball like in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. right? So that's I'm I'm glad we have the NCAA basketball to watch now without baseball starting and there's no football, and the basketball season is winding down. But the, there are four one seeds. No surprise, Duke is one, Virginia's one, Gonzaga, and Virginia. Or no, did I say Virginia twice? I don't know. I know you uh, said Virginia, UNC, Gonzaga, and Duke. 
Who you got? Winning the whole thing yeah. or out of those four? Winning the whole thing. All right. I hate to do this because I love Coach K. I generally hate Duke because I hate how they kind of created the one-and-done rule. But you know what? If the system allows you to do it, take advantage of it. They're one of the best schools, uh, basketball program, like for college ever. And I know they're always kind of favored and everyone always like just really rides them in their brackets really hard. But I like Duke this year. Yeah. Just be- because their entire starting five has NBA talent. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a recent mock draft and there was three guys in the top six. Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, and Zion. Yeah. And, I mean, I bet you the other guys. Trey Jones. I, I bet you they get drafted in the first round or within the first, like, right. the first half of the second. Now, just, it, it's going to be Duke-UNC. I, I just feel like it's going to be. They met three times. <clears throat> they met twice in the regular season and then uh, once in the ACC playoffs. In the ACT tournament, yeah. Right. And uh, Zion played in the ACC tournament game, but not the other two, I don't think. Um, well, he started, he, remember, the game, yeah, the second game yeah. against UNC is when he played, like, 30-something seconds and blew out his shoe. Right. I'm not sure about that first game. We'd have to go back and check. Yeah. But. I, looking at it, I mean, you know, Duke's coming out of the East and uh, UNC's coming out of the Midwest, and they can easily meet in the championship game. And I feel like uh, the selection committee kind of doctored that a little bit. You know, people have been saying that, I, um. I'm actually going to do, a, like, a March uh, Madness bracket pool and everything, so I'm going to, like, look at it more tonight and everything. Yeah. But interesting fact, as heated as the rivalry is between Duke and North Carolina, you know they have never played against each other in the NCAA official bracket. Really? Never have fir- faced well, off it, it, in, it, ever. For, so, for the first time, it, it could be the if, championship. Yeah, if they both make it to the championship game, yeah. could you imagine your first time playing in the NCAA bracket against each other, is in the championship game. Yeah, well, that'd be cool. I filled out one bracket. I'm not filling out anymore. Uh, it's with my high school buddies. And I let my girlfriend pick every single one. Did you really? Yeah, man, because it's just too stressful. I didn't even download the app, uh, so I'm not even going to have it in front of me. I'm just going to watch the games, hear about the games. And Dude, I if you pick. win, you you got to take her out for like dinner or something. Oh, I'll take her out for dinner regardless, but uh, she d- did pick Duke winning at all. Okay. But she had, you know, uh, other... I guess rankings don't necessarily matter, especially. Did she have some the, some crazy upsets? Yeah, she did have some crazy upsets. Uh, my boys in Buffalo, they're a six seed. I know they're uh, people, and like they're a six seed. And but thirty and three. They're, they can they can make a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah they can. And uh, they let's see, they're in the West bracket, and the number one seed is Gonzaga, who's, you know. Kind of always seems to be like a fake one to me. They always have a great regular season. There's no one in their there's no one in their conference. Right. It's always them or St. Mary's that wins the, the conference tournament. One's usually a one seed or at least a top three. The other one's normally around like an eight. They both make it far. I mean, guess what? One of them's always out by the Sweet Sixteen. Right. One of them's always out by the Elite Eight. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets in this year's um, bracket, uh, but you know, in in the West with Buffalo the six. The five seed is Marquette, and the four seed uh, is Florida State, and three is uh, Texas Tech, and the two is Michigan, and one Gonzaga. To me, that's not that strong of uh, top six seeds. So no. Buffalo can easily make it out of there, and I love to see it happen. See, it's- this is the thing too, and this like it kills me to say this because I think, I think that uh, Buffalo is one of the most talented teams like in that section of the bracket. If Syracuse can make it past Buffalo, yeah, 
I think they're a team that can upset almost anyone on that side, especially well, Gonzaga because they just match up well. But like, I think Buffalo is going to beat Cuse, and we're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah, well, it'd be awesome to see how far Buffalo can go, and it's going to be awesome to see how this whole bracket turns out. Like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of upsets, but in the end of the day, uh, I'd be happy to see Duke win. I love their roster, and it's fair to say that this is the first, um, you know, Duke team that, because uh, if you don't love Duke, you hate them, right? Yeah, I would say. So I think this is a, the first Duke team that has a guy on the team that even haters of Duke love. Oh, I hate Duke. And I, you love Zion? I love Zion. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like, you know, the tides are in their favor, and you got a lot of people rooting for them, or at least rooting for Zion. At the end of the day, I'm going to be surprised if that team doesn't win because they have some NBA caliber guys in that team. I mean, and they always do, but like it just it feels different this year. It does. It, it really it, does. Yeah. So uh, we're coming to the end of the show here. Do you have any, any closing remarks? Do you, did you think of a question? I all right. I, yeah, I do have a question What's for you. What's your question? All right. So my question is for those of you that will listen to this back home and know Matt pretty well. Every year you're in this, well, not every year, but most of the time over the summer you're in this yeah. uh, wiffle ball tournament. Yeah, we talked about it with Ford uh, when he was filled in for you. Yeah, What's up? Right. you're in this wiffle ball tournament. Yeah. How do you guys come up with the the team names and everything? Like, I know it's like colors and everything. Like, yeah. It's like Team Orange, Team right. Purple, like all this stuff. Yeah. Do you guys like also come up with names like, oh, your Team Orange, uh, your Team Purple, like you're the grapes and stuff, or like, what if like you don't have like a you know, your team color shirt. Like, will you guys, like, go out and just try and buy the craziest yeah. stuff? Yeah, man. You can go to Walmart fun. and get, like, a Hanes t-shirt. And, yeah, we, we were talking about it the other day when Ford filled in for you. And it, it's been a great time. And it's been going on for six or – I think this is going to be the sixth year. And I think there's six teams or eight teams. I don't remember. But, yeah, every team is a different color. And chances are, you know, unless you're on a team like Orange or Purple, you're going to have a that colored shirt somewhere yeah. in your closet. But yeah, if you, if you got to buy a $5 Hanes t-shirt from Walmart, then it's not a huge deal. Running out of time fast here. Going to try to keep it under an hour. My question for you is, <clears throat> if, you can, uh, if you can become a pilot, okay, what airline would you drive? What Fly. airline? What airline? Uh, I would do Southwest. Southwest? Southwest because I feel like they're, they have a lot of destinations. Yeah. And, like... They go into a lot of major airports. Okay. So it would give me, like, the best opportunity to go see, like, a lot of different places. I was thinking either Southwest or JetBlue. I've definitely had the Jet best Blue experiences. JetBlue would be cool. And JetBlue's, like, it seems like it's always flying in and out of New York City, so. Dude, I haven't flown on JetBlue in years, but, oh. like, always good experiences with both of those airlines. So, I don't know. That's why I'm partial to them. Well, we got, we know what type of, you know, pilot Bunger would like to be. If I'm never going to be a pilot. No. Well, no, not at all. keep dreaming, man. All right, so <laughs> I'm happy Bunger was back, man. And, uh, yeah, next good to week, be back. Next week we'll catch up again. Uh, don't really have a plan for next week, but we'll come with we'll come with some fire hopefully, and uh, keep on listening, guys. We appreciate it.